Be seated. Please pray with me. Loving God, we thank you for the glow of joy that we have after Easter Sunday. We rejoice in your rising from the dead to offer us eternal life. And we thank you for all the gifts of faith in our hearts that you ask us to proclaim to the world like the very flowers of the earth shout for joy. Help us to do that through our faith, dear Lord. So may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, either through us or in spite of us. Speak to us, thy people, we pray. Amen. Good morning. Boy, what a, a beautiful week we had for Easter, worship-wise and weather-wise. Amen? It was wonderful weather, and I, I slowed down for a little bit on Thursday and just rejoiced in everything coming to life around us, even outside by our sign here in front of the church. Daffodils are popping up that haven't been putting out flowers in quite some time. God's gift of life is persistent, insistent, and consistently calling us to trust and to praise God, the God of our creation and the God of our salvation. God's story isn't done with us yet, amen? Life is a gift. And on this first Sunday after Easter, we can continue to praise God for the gift of new life in Jesus. Jesus showed us how on that first Easter morning when Mary Magdalene, a disciple of Jesus, was the first to recognize the risen Jesus. Her life was never the same. The world's life was never the same. Our lives can never be the same once the risen Jesus is a living truth in our hearts. In the weeks ahead, my sermons are going to explore what it's like to have the story of the risen Jesus really affect how we live our lives. Could we get that slide up, Jess? Thank you. God promises us new life through the gift of faith in the risen Jesus. What kind of life would that be like? What does it mean for us in God's world? The Bible tells us how the first Christians explored the answers to these questions. And we can see in the Bible that the disciples of the risen Jesus also had a hard time accepting and understanding what a new life in Jesus was like, just like we do. We're not alone. And we can see this in today's gospel reading from John. The risen Jesus walked right into the room where the disciples were hiding. Thomas wasn't there, though, when it happened. And Thomas, he wouldn't believe that Jesus was risen in spite of of what the other disciples had seen and heard, unless he could see and touch the wounds of Jesus. But Jesus came later to Thomas and the others and invited Thomas to touch the wounds of Jesus. And it was then that Thomas accepted that Jesus was his risen Lord. Not because he touched Jesus. Listen carefully to the story. It doesn't say that Thomas actually touched Jesus. It was because Thomas knew that Jesus knew that he wanted to touch Jesus. 
for those of us looking for proof of the risen Jesus that we can touch with our hands, that's not what we really need for a new life in Jesus. Like Thomas, what we really need is the risen Jesus touching our hearts with the truth of who Jesus is. Knowing that Jesus knows everything about us, just as we are. God touching us in our hearts with the truth of the risen Jesus is proof that God's promise of new life through faith in Jesus is real. The risen Jesus who lives in us is just as real and just as transformed by what Jesus offers us. New life in the risen Jesus is something that takes us away from our fears and allows us to proclaim the good news of Jesus greater than death itself. The new life in Jesus plants in our heart things that change us. We No longer fearing the worst thing in the world, death itself can liberate us to have joy right now. And we know this because this is how Christianity has always spread throughout God's world and how it continues to spread today. And we see that in today's reading from Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. There is Peter, the disciple of Jesus, who denied knowing Jesus on the night that Jesus was arrested for his execution. Peter was the first to preach the good news of Jesus on the streets of Jerusalem. The forgiveness and love of the risen Jesus freed Peter from the shame of his denial and freedom to show the world that the power of Jesus was still alive. And for this, Peter was arrested and brought before the same religious leaders who plotted to have Jesus killed on the cross just a few weeks before that. And the religious leaders had given Peter strict orders not to preach about Jesus. They were afraid that they'd be blamed by people for the death of Jesus. They wanted everyone to forget Jesus. But Peter would have none of this. Right in front of his accusers, he proclaimed that Jesus, who the religious leaders had helped to kill, was alive and was giving everyone who believed in him new life in God's Holy Spirit. God waits for us all to admit and let go of our sins, Peter said, to have a new life from God in Jesus. And the religious leaders, they let Peter go because they thought that it would all die down and that what Peter was claiming, it couldn't possibly be true. They expected this good news of Jesus to die, as certainly as they thought that Jesus was dead and gone. And they were wrong, amen? And they're wrong today. Nothing stops the good news of Jesus from reaching God's world, even against orders in the most challenging places. You may recall my talk from a couple of weeks ago about my friend Stephen in Uganda who has powerful ministries among God's people there. But Stephen is not alone. 
There are young people across God's world right now who are finding and offering new life in Jesus to people who have never been touched by the good news of Jesus. And there's another young Christian leader who I've met, and his name is Jami. Can we kick that up, please? He lives in, a, in Faisalabad. It's a city in northern Pakistan. He's one of about a million Protestant Christians in the nation of Pakistan, less than 1% of his nation's population. Being a Christian is a challenge in many parts of this world, In Pakistan, is certainly one of those places. In Pakistan, it can mean confronting laws that can bring Christians to court, like Peter, on charges of blasphemy. And some escape with their lives, like Peter did in that religious court. Others are not so lucky. When we say that a life in Jesus can go against the orders of the world... In many places today, that challenge is still the same as Peter's. And yet, in the middle of these changes, the Christians of Pakistan are doing just what Peter did. They go against orders that would stop their proclamation of the gospel. They literally take it to the streets of their city to preach the new life in Jesus. And they proclaim Jesus loudly as they gather to worship and when they worship. And I'd like to share with you just a few moments of their joy for a new life in Jesus on this video here. Jess, can you roll this, please? This is a procession through the streets. That's a lit cross there. Isn't that amazing? In Pakistan, you see, the good news of Jesus is real. The stories that we read in the Bible about how Christianity started show us what Christians do today and need to do today. Our clothes may be different, our our cultures may be different, but we are still human beings, all from one creator, and all offered the challenge of living a new life in Jesus by proclaiming it. Like Jami, like Stephen, like Peter, like Thomas, in order to claim our new life in Jesus, we have to proclaim it. Even when proclaiming Jesus goes against the orders of those who fear the truth of God's love in Jesus coming into God's world. We can't separate the two. To claim new life in Jesus, we must proclaim Jesus as our Lord and the source of our salvation. And as we proclaim Jesus, we need to bring good things to God's world. And we need to be sharing our absolute love for God by honoring and respecting 
and cooperating with all people of all faiths or of no faith and not condemning them. Yet if we don't do these things in the name of Jesus, then we can't really expect a new life in Jesus. We can't expect the promises of God's love in Jesus to grow in us or in God's world until we proclaim them first in our own hearts and then in God's world, even when it seems to be against the orders of the world. The question that we must explore together in this sermon series, though, is this. How do we do this? How do we find new life in Jesus that honors and respects a world that is so often different from us? How do we find new life in Jesus that doesn't exclude others because of who they are and how they are, no matter what? How can we learn to proclaim our new life in Jesus in our hearts and in God's world as a way to bring people together in God's love and not to divide them based on hate and condemnation? How can we help God to purify our hearts and the hearts of others in God's love and still be humble to know, enough to know that God's purity does not make us less human than others. As Stephen, Jami, Peter, and Thomas show us, there are no easy answers to these questions. We need to be honest about our own challenges and limitations. We need to seek out one another for honest discussions and prayer. And we need to think about how we practice going against the orders of a world that doesn't want people to know Jesus. But this is the promise of an empty tomb and the risen Jesus who escaped it. The promise that Christians around the world today proclaim against orders. Let's begin this journey into a new life in Jesus with love and peace and hope for all. Amen. Our hymn of response is number 514. The song takes on such new meaning when you see people from around the world who are standing up courageously for the God of love and proclaiming that God against all orders. This is our challenge. This is our hope. This is our new life. I'd like us to join together in our prayer of invitation to God's possibilities. For those of you new to our church or relatively new, this is something that we say from time to time. I pray it every day uh, as a part of my devotion to you and our community. And uh, we have cards available in our pews that can help you to pray this every day along with us. But uh, in this time of gathering, I will give you an invitation and then we'll say the prayer together. We invite you to use this prayer in your own life, to share it with others, and to share it together as part of our shared journey in faith. Do not limit the possibilities of God in your life by what we ask God or imagine God can do. Do pray 
for the love of God in Jesus Christ to enter your life in the life of God's world in God's living Holy Spirit. Do invite God's possibilities into your life in God's love and see what happens as the story of your life becomes part of God's story. There is more to be revealed in God's time. May you be blessed in your journey of faith and may you know that you are never alone. Let us pray now together this prayer. I bow my knees before God, Father and Lord of all, who invites everyone in heaven and on earth into God's family through Jesus Christ. I pray that God's most precious and amazing treasures, which come to us through God's Spirit, may strengthen us in our deepest being. May Christ live in our hearts through faith as our faith roots and grounds us deeply in God's love. I pray that we will know the full breadth and height and length and depth of the love of God, love that is always beyond complete knowing, together with all people of faith, so that we may all be filled completely with the fullness of God. All glory be to God, who can accomplish abundantly in us far more than all we can ask or imagine. All glory to God in God's church and in Christ Jesus for all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen indeed. Use that prayer whenever you can to feel that special connection to our church. It's time now for the prayers of the people. When we lift up our joys and concerns... We pray for Savannah Brady, who's on kidney dialysis. We pray for Bill Badero and uh, his continued decline in analysis. Please, and in uh, Alzheimer's, pardon me. Please hold Bill and Charlene in your prayers in this time of need. We pray for the people in California. I assume that's a reference to the tragic events in California uh, where somebody went into a mosque uh, pardon me in a, in a synagogue and shot somebody it turns out to be somebody who was inspired by the mosque shootings in New Zealand recently there was also uh, somebody who drove into a crowd in California believing that the crowd contained Muslims and of course we also hold in our hearts the hundreds of people in Sri Lanka, many of them Christians worshiping peacefully in their house of worship, who are the victims of terrorism also. My good friends in Christ, it is things like this that require us to stand up for Jesus authentically as the God of love risen from the dead. Hatred, and hatred for people as they are, is not God's will. And we do better first by finding the new life of Jesus in our hearts and proclaiming it in the world. We pray for Lisa, who has pancreatic cancer and a month to live, and for her husband Bob, 
and her son, Brian. We pray for the family of Jerry, Rosia, Rosa Priori, uh, who are grieving for their loss of him. And we pray for Elizabeth Kilpasinski, who is ill, and we pray for her treatments and her recovery. And thank you for the help on the pronunciations. I grew up with a lot of Polish friends. I should do better. This is from our community. Please pray for the health of my mom's friend, Donna, who is battling cancer. Our loved ones do not battle alone. I'm sorry. I pray for my really fat dog. My heart goes out. We know. We know. Sometimes we we love our pets into not the best situation. Let's pray together. Loving God. We say the words loving God sometimes like an automatic thing. In a world that experiences pain and grief more than we can possibly imagine, we need to have faith in those words, loving God. We need to feel deeply and truly and in an alive way your presence in this world in our hearts. And so we trust in you, dear Lord, for healing We trust in you, dear Lord, that people who take care of others in the middle of their challenges will find strength and peace through your grace. We need your living presence, O Lord. Help us to seek it out in our lives. Help us to trust in it. Help us to join one another in having faith in it. Bless us with the living presence of your Holy Spirit throughout this world, that hatred may dissolve away through our willingness to stand for your love in Christ. Help us to do these things with assurance and peace in our hearts. This we can always. As we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, and we are going to sing it as printed in the bulletin. Father...
Amen. We thank you for the love of God and the hope of God that brought you here today. The church stands as an emblem of God's love in the world, and we thank you for proclaiming God in love, that people may have the shield of faith on their hearts. And to proclaim God's love in the world, we present our tithes and offerings now that this church right here may be an emblem of love and hope in God's world for all people. living presence into this place. We have a charge to keep as Christians who need to be the living presence of God in this world. Let's say it together. Christian discipleship might go against the orders of people who don't proclaim Easter love in their hearts. Don't lose faith in the love of Jesus that we proclaim in Easter sunlight. And do all you can to grow the love of Jesus. And now may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord shine God's face upon us and be gracious unto us in all of God's world. May the Lord lift up God's countenance upon us and grant us peace to shout with joy. And may the people of God say with joy in their hearts, Amen!